Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew. And this is like, you're going to love this episode, everybody, because I've been working really hard to get Christy Mahone on the podcast talking about Unbound Gravel. We were connected last year, things happened, the summer started, and you know how it how it is. Um, now we are connected through another friend and I have her on the podcast and we're going to talk about all things gravel and women. But here's a little thing, little intro to bring Christy out. I'm so, like, you can't imagine how excited I am. Um, so Christy is, she was actually entered in the gravel hall of fame, which is super excited. She's also a podcast host of girls gone gravel which super excited. I'm gonna have to go listen to that a little bit more. She was, has helped build the world's largest gravel race, Unbound Gravel, otherwise known as Dirty Kanza, right? That's yes, where, previously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This event has grown from 34 participants in 2006 to more than 4,000 in 2022. She's helped revive the local economy and has established Emporia, Kansas as a top gravel cycling destination. She is also one of the main, obviously, women who has encouraged more women to get into gravel racing and to join the event. Welcome, Christy, to the podcast. I am over the moon that you are here. Thank you. That's very generous and very kind. <laughs> well, it's not every day that you get to um, talk to a woman like yourself who has done so much for women in cycling. Like I've been around a long time. I guess I've done some stuff here. I've been in, in cycling. Well, okay. We You've done some ourselves stuff, credit, yeah. right? Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So I have, I've had a women's cycling club for 15 years. It's our 15th year anniversary. So exciting. um, Yeah, we've had 150 members last year and a lot of the ladies are getting into gravel. So as the same as me. So that's why like just talking to more, um, you know, inspirational women like yourself, it's just really, really cool because as you know, very male or dominant. Um, (laughs) You ever sit there at the table? Mm, Maybe Uh, there's one more woman. There she is. (laughs) There she is. Yeah. They sit beside each other and like. (laughs) So they wonder why we go to the bathroom together. (laughs) I know. eh? It's like, oh my God. 
yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, so let's, let's just always start by how you got into cycling and how it led to, you know, the, the birthing of like Dirty Kanza, which moved this, which uh, turned into Unbound mm -hmm. and then your involvement. I know sure. I got a lot of questions, right? That's but... yeah, that's a lot. I <laughs> do <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I, I, I was always someone that valued, um, health and, and movement, um, and really loved the outdoors and, um, my involvement with cycling came literally came from like a running background. I think that happens a lot, but, mm -hmm. um, the, the truth of the story is, uh, my husband was not active and our kid, we have twins that are now 25 years old, but at the time they were young and I was concerned because, um, he wasn't moving, he wasn't moving outside. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, you know, he was, he was gaining a lot of weight, but more than that, you could just see that his health was declining. And, and I just had mentioned to him one day that, you know, um, I want to grow old with you and I want to grow old being active with you and, um, through kind shivers. of some, I know. <laughs> through kind of some ribbing and, and giving him a bit of a hard time. He, he decided to start taking me seriously. He tried running with me at first and he absolutely hated it. Mm. And we had a few friends here that rode bikes, um, mountain bikes in particular. And so he, he got a bike and kind of got into it. And, um, as he got into it, he started impeding on my workout time. Like <laughs> our kids were young and I was like, wait a second, I'm hold on. I get up in the morning and go for runs. You can't get up in the morning and oh, go you're for a bike night. I am in yeah, the morning. I'm in the morning. Like, <laughs> let's get this straight. And we had, you know, our kids were young. So basically what we ended up doing, I ended up joining on the bike and we would get a babysitter and those were our dates. We'd go oh, for bike rides. Awesome. So that's really kind of where it came out of. And then I, I was having at that point, starting to have real troubles with running with my back my lower back and my, um, my left knee in particular, and the biking kind of saved that. And so pretty soon I was switched to biking and then along came unbound in 2006. And my husband was one of those initial 34 riders. Um, and so then I joined that. How did it, was it just like, uh, one of those gravel events that just started mm, up in, uh, the, in town, the two, um, gentleman that started it, Jim Cummins and Joel Dyke had been up to trans Iowa, um, yeah. which was a point to point race in, in Iowa, um, started by yeah. Mark Stevenson in 2005. And they decided that they thought something in the Flint Hills would be really cool. Um, they didn't want to do a point to point. They wanted to do a big loop. Um, so that was the, the beginning of the very first one. Um, my husband had only been riding bikes for about, um, eight or nine months and joined that first, um, journey and he didn't make it. He made it about 170 some miles and we picked him up South of town a little bit and he had the biggest smile on his face. And, um, I just like, I am an Emporian. This is my hometown. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had been put in charge, like, you know, how kind of things all just kind of aligned. I'd been put in charge of this committee to help grow tourism and events in Emporia. Right. Yep. And I just, I looked at the event and then after the second year or third year, I went to the organize the Jim and Joel and said, Hey, I'd like to help you guys make this thing big. Mm -hmm. And kind of, they were like, whatever, you don't, I, people aren't going to come and ride 200 miles on gravel like that. But there was just something really special about it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, my gut was just like, this is really cool. And it really was centered. There was a piece of it that was truly centered around community. And there was also a piece of it that was centered that where families could participate. So while my husband was the one that did the initial events, we were part of his training and we were part of his journey to get to the finish line. And so even though we weren't actively riding the bike, we were definitely invested in his success. So it was really fun to kind of be involved in the process, Um, you know, figure out what we were going to have at the aid station when he came in for the checkpoint to help him resupply and meeting families when we were there and like other kids. And it just, it was really an easy space to step into and having gone from mountain biking where not that I didn't feel welcome, but it was really hard with kids um, to, to the gravel scene was just, you know, I, I just felt like it was something we could really, that we could really grow. And it turns out we could. So, so has it always been a really long endurance event? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The initial first few years, we only had the 200 mile option. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. In 2000, 10 when we moved it downtown we added a 50 mile fun ride and no it was maybe it was 25 i can't remember which one it was and then we <laughs> 25 added 25 sounds uh, more like a fun ride <laughs> yeah i think it was 25 and then we added the we added a relay which oh. ended up becoming the 100 so you could do the 200 in a team with two people oh, um, that's cool. and that yeah it didn't it didn't really Take catch off. on no. Mm-hmm. So then we ended up, um, with some convincing, I finally convinced, uh, my partners at the time that let's add the 100 mile distance. So we have, you know, it's grown to where we have the 25, the 50, the 100, the 200, the XL, the 350, which is the one you're taking on. And then we have a juniors category inside of that to try to just inspire youth to also come out and race. So, um, you know, we're really looking at ways to build the community and welcome more people in. And that's kind of been one of the goals over the last, you know, I'd say seven to eight, nine years of just really trying to make sure people understand they're welcome at our start line. That's amazing. So what's talk a little bit about the junior and then how would the distance for that? Um, where the junior is now switching to join the 50 mile start line. It has been a 25 mile race and we're literally just seeing the juniors blow that category up and riding it (laughs) so stinking fast. Um, so we're, we're in, we're folding them in a bit to the 50 mile to give them a little bit more of a challenge. Initially, like if you want to go back to the very beginning, it came out of, um, trying to establish NICA in Kansas, which we have since done. And we were using NICA, um, advisors and guidelines and, and the the advice was to not have something longer than that. Like they really only wanted us to do like 13 or 14 or 15 miles. And I'm like, well, oh, that's just, that's such a short distance for gravel. Um, especially for is a lot of these kids, like 19 years old or is no, it like they're 16? high school. Yeah. High school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's high school age. So, um, we've, we've expanded that to be a little bit longer distance now, and then you can still do the 25 if you're not ready to do the, the 50. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it it is like we've seen the biggest growth in our 25 and 50. And we've actually seen, um, which isn't, which I'm ready for somebody to do a study on this, but um, <laughs> we've seen the uh, women's field go over 50% in those shorter distances. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, I, I think I it's have my key. theories, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, as a woman, um, with a woman's cycling club, it's a lot of women like to, like, they're hesitant to do anything, but they will step, you know, get their feet wet with something shorter mm-hmm. that they know that they can mm-hmm. achieve. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. um, that's, that's what I've noticed. But I think we also have a hard time training one... for those bigger distances. I mean, we have a hard time committing to the time it takes to those longer distances, but. Well, yeah, that too for training. But um, I think, uh, you know, once they do it once and they see that they can achieve it, mm-hmm. it's, it becomes a goal for the next year. And then, you know, everything falls into place, like looking at training more seriously, like training sure. through the winter and, and things like that. Um, yeah, that's what I found with, with women. Like we kind of start a little slower. We, yeah. Uh, <laughs> unlike myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have been competing for, for a long time. So it's not like I just got off the couch and decided to yeah. <laughs> the couch to 350. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did it move from being called dirty Kansas to unbound? Like uh, what... we went through the name change during COVID. So, Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. why did, why the change? Um, the Khan tribe, um, which also goes by Kanza, had uh, an issue with the name um, oh. that became a bit more apparent as we were going through some changes. Um, and that just was kind of an impetus of the fact that they, they at, at one point were um, uh, okay with the name use and then became to where they decided that they just wanted to, us to step away from it. And so in that effort... Um, mm-hmm. And through a lot of other things that just really were going on, um, we just decided that it was time to to just move away from that name and into Unbound. So, so how did you find out? How did you pick, like, pick Unbound? Um, it was a big process. Um, <laughs> I know. Like, name, finding yeah, names I mean, for, yeah, it was hard. For events and, is hard. You know, well, and, and it was, I think we were under quite a bit of scrutiny and, and in the big picture, like, we looked at something just like Flint Hills gravel or, and it just felt like that was a bit of a layup. And it also yeah. didn't really, the Flint Hills are only one part of the event. I mean, it's a huge part. The area that we ride through is absolutely gorgeous. Um, but um, it really came down to having been around and seen the event for so many years, it was really the feeling and the, and conveying, you know, what happens, like how you really learn so much about yourself when you're out there on that journey and, and just kind of releasing a lot of the preconceived notions that you have about yourself um, and to move into that space of just being unbound. And that's really where it came from. So. I love it. I do love it because it, you know, it, it's a, it's also a very powerful name, you know, like unbound. It's like, it's like two syllables on, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so it, it, exudes like um I don't know it's it's just like well hopefully it exudes the event um well it does I mean like you know like look at you guys (laughs) 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 it's it looks like a pretty big I mean it's not pretty it looks like a pretty big thing it is a big thing like it is a big four thousand people now let's talk about the decision to do the lottery mm-hmm. and the, and the thought process behind that. Sure. 
Like, let's just talk um, about the XL <laughs> it's one. It's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that like, I'm thinking like whoever gets in on the lottery gets in. Like, no. is there yeah. like a, a screening phase? Well, um, You're like all women get in. That's okay. I'm, the women get in. <laughs> I mean, you know, they do. And uh, I mean, we came to it because we literally several years ago um, absolutely crashed Bike Ridge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was a nightmare. Um, and so we went to the lottery and there are preferred, um, there is a preferred selection process before we do the random drawing. Um, really? people okay. that are going for their grail, like that's going for five unbounds. Um, what? You oh, know, there's... oh my gosh, you got more stuff that, okay. What's this grail thing? Um, that's the thousand mile club. And, um, what? yeah, oh, it, once geez. you've done this five is like a unbounds, yeah. yeah then you can you're then you get the grail um so like there is there's favored um selection like women get in i mean that's not a hundred like it's not for sure fail safe 100 but yes like we give preference to women um we work with several different groups that have um, guaranteed entries for different things that they may be doing, different um, awareness pieces, like working to wake, to make that start line more inclusive. And um, I'm a huge believer in if you can see it, you can be it. Yeah. Um, and so really trying to make sure that we're um, working with groups that are doing really amazing things to have representation and, and you know, working hard in their communities um, giving them access to make sure that they get through that lottery process is, is key, but there's still a huge amount of spaces that are just, you know, random lottery. Here we go. Like, let's see, let's see what it looks like in the end. So, yeah. Well, I yep. figured like when I, like I was mentioning, I was sharing with you how I got in. Cause I was just so excited when I saw the, the entry start up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. Cause you know, a lottery is a lottery you know, mm -hmm. I, I could say, well, since I'm a woman, I'm probably going to get in, but you never know. So I better get my name in and, uh, and go from there. So, um, yeah, but, but I see you doing that for each level, right? So that you mm -hmm. can, you get the people in, you get everybody sorted there, move on to the next entry. Mm -hmm. Um, so how many people in Excel on the start line? Um, oof, I think I don't, I don't know for sure. Honestly, I'm sorry. 500? I should. No, 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 no. The XL is a much smaller start line. It's like, oh, really? I don't, what? I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah. It's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as big as, you know, the 200 mile is our largest distance or our yeah. largest group. And then the 150 and 25 kind of follow suit we end up between all of the distances, we have 4,000 cyclists on the start line. So that's not just in one distance. And right. I may be wrong on that XL size. I don't, I don't remember what we did this year for sure. Um, obviously I'm not in charge of that. So I <laughs> well, I could go and count all the names. You could go count all the names, but there's not a thousand. No, um, we admit that like, that's a, it's, it's a big group. I, I, there's always a bit of critique that, um, you know, like we, we know where you are and we're keeping track of you. And although it is definitely your own journey, mm -hmm. um, we have safety measures built in. Um, so, you know, there, there is a safety net that's under there. That's right. I've got to get riders, my tracker. So you got to get your tracker. 
Um, and so really it's just a matter of like, we can't, we, we have to, the size is all predicated by what we feel, um, the town of Emporia can handle and the support check the checkpoint towns. And this is really kind of, we haven't grown over the last couple of years and we don't feel like we probably will. This is kind of where we're settling in and it feels about right. So, well, that's where the lottery comes in, right? And it gets everybody excited about it and Mm -hmm. registers straight away. Um, mm-hmm. so that you have your numbers and, and you can work yeah. with that. I mean, that yep. makes total sense. Right. So you have, um, all right. So there's like 150 of us. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to see if now, I can get that exact number for you, but anyway, well, keep going. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's not like, you know, like you said, it's probably around, you know, something 200 is maybe 150. Um, cause you can't like how many people are actually crazy enough to do that. First of all, <laughs> more than you'd expect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm already starting to look for gear, Christy. It's yeah. like, I'm like, there's it's the a best part. Like, <laughs> the, the planning is the best part and the getting on the forums and talking tires and sealant and all, oh. you know, all of those things are like, everybody's like gets into that. Like I'm always know, amazed how like, many oh times I have to talk tires and sealant. Cause I'm like, haven't you already heard me talk about this? I've been talking about this for 15, 16 years, but yeah, there's always new people coming in. And so it's always important to talk about tires and sealant and all the things that you need to be successful in the Flint Hills. So do yeah. you really need tubeless tires? Yes, I would... 100%. 100%. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go to tubeless tires. Go tubeless. <laughs> okay. Is it because the they're why tubeless? Um, the flint rock is super sharp. And so oh, okay. when you have that sealant in there, it's very likely that it will either seal and you won't have to change, you know, you won't have to change it because it will slice through your tire. Um, or you can put a plug in like a Dyna plug, um, or a yeah. piece of bacon, you know, the little bacon strips. Yes. I got those. Yeah. Bacon. Yeah. Okay. Um, that they are actually effective in sealing up those tires, but, um, yeah, I would a hundred percent, like if you make one investment on your bike to upgrade it, that's what it would, that's what I would pick. Um, for sure. Hands down. Um, you can obviously run with tubes and, and you should take tubes because you may end up having to put one in, mm-hmm. but, um, tubeless is the tires have made so much improvement. I've done the event twice. Um, I did it in 2011, I think. And then 2018. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah, the, the technology, technology has changed so much around tires that it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Um, how much more resilient tires are. Wow. Okay. Well, that's not, wasn't something on my list. So maybe I'll start. (laughs) start (laughs) I like got lots of other things. I'm like, Oh, but okay. Um, all right. Now let's talk about Excel, the event. Sure. Um, you've done it twice. So this is, I've good. not done the XL. Oh, no, you've done the 200. I've not done the XL. Yeah. You remember I have to work that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a good point. What is this? What is the, okay. What is, how long does it take the slowest person to finish? Well, you XL? have, you have basically 36 ish hours to finish it. 
Okay. So is it start Saturday morning or Friday? No, it night? starts Friday afternoon at like three o'clock. Oh, three o'clock. Three, mm -hmm. 3 a.m. 3 24. So, you, so every like everybody is to like finish Sunday morning. Well, I mean, the fastest riders finish it. Like I think last year's champion blew it out of the water in like 17 or 18 hours. Okay, well, that's not going to be me. <laughs> so, I mean, it was nuts. Um, Who was that? Was that Taylor Lane Dean? Mm -mm. No. Nope. I'm, yeah, I'm not very good at that. Sorry. That's okay. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, we stick around, like it's, it's crazy because I know we have a lot of pros that come to this event. And so it's exciting, but really uh -huh. The, the people and the stories that I care about are, are the ones that are finishing middle and the back. Like there's just so many amazing stories out there and people overcoming some really amazing things to be there. And, you know, yeah. not only to be at the start line, but then to end up finishing what, whatever the distance is that you're finishing, it's, it's a tough day on the bike. And, um, you know, the pros you expect to finish and you expect them to be fast. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, good cheers. Yay. That's awesome. But really, you know, the, the bigger stories for me are the, the people that are finishing at two and 3.00 AM that like, I mean, they've been out there all freaking day, you know, and night. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah. Mm, okay. Well, I'll think about gear later. <laughs> <laughs> So I wasn't sure, like, anyways, I hadn't gone through all the, the tech guide, but now for the, for the, 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 um, the trail, not the trail, but the, the route, is it mm -hmm. already there to, is it already been announced or is it the always routes, the same? We run that. No, they're not always the same. Um, okay. we run the same route every mm -hmm. two years. So this is a repeat from the 2022 year. Oh, okay. There will be some small changes because some roads close or, right. or we look at something and we're like, that didn't, we could do this part a little bit better. So we maybe mm -hmm. pivot and change the section, or maybe you find a rancher that didn't really like all of those cyclists going by their place. Um, and we oh. try to be very accommodating of our neighbors and make sure, you know, if we can, if we can accommodate that we do, um, so the route that was last year's XL will be largely the same, meaning you can find that route and look at okay. it. Um, um, same with each of the distances other than the juniors course is now going to the 50. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So when I was looking at some videos, um, I just started like looking at some videos and, you know, like you said, I think learning from people who are more the mid packer at the end is probably mm -hmm. like really good places to start and to listen to what they did um sure. because i just think you know their preparation is probably more of what i would do mm -hmm. as a conservative you know just somebody who wanted to to finish it now what if i don't finish in 36 hours uh then you're, you're not officially a finisher 
Oh no. Okay. No, that like puts fire under my butt. I'm like, yeah, if you don't, I mean, we it's you'll, you will be a DNF. I mean, you can still, we have people that still go ahead and finish and we definitely, there's Mm -hmm. people that will come out on the street and celebrate them coming across the finish line, but you're not recognized as an official finisher. If you are not completing it within the time frames that we're, that we outline. And we, we try to be pretty generous with that. Like I said, it's a 10 mile an hour pace. Um, and we've had people ask, and I'm like, if you can't ride 350 miles in 10 hours, probably not the right distance for you. Look at something else. Um, you know, not in, not to be, you know, it's like, it is a race. It's not mm-hmm. just a ride. Um, right. So, so there is the, the idea that this is the time you have to get this done. And that's, that's what it is. So, right. So what's the slowest time? Do you know, like, well, it, we, we have people that finish, are you like right on? We have nose? people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we have people that go ahead and finish the next morning. Like they go ahead. I mean, they, they don't get, they, they're not an official finisher, but they're still coming in, you know, at six or 7.00 AM, like three or four hours past the cutoff. They just go ahead and finish it. So, which is really impressive. I mean, you know, well, we yeah, recognize that, but yeah. How can yeah. you not finish? Not like you got to get home to your car. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get back. <laughs> like, I gotta get back. Gotta pedal there. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the fact that you have the the um the tracker. I mean, mm-hmm. because I don't know how often you would look at that. Like, oh, she's way off course. I'm like, <laughs> or like, so the the stressful thing is having everybody watch you on your tracker. <laughs> Cause we've had ones like that on our races. Cause I used to adventure race like yes, long time ago. And the last race I did was in Utah, a 10 day race in around Moab. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was very hot. It was in July. Oof. It, <laughs> I uh, have never felt heat like that in my life. It just sits on you when it's that oh, hot. Oh yeah. You just sit there. <laughs> Yep. So I'm just praying to God that like something like that's not going to be happening because uh, yeah. <laughs> but and so after that, I'm like, I'm kind of retiring from this long endurance stuff. I'm good now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the whole environment around um, Unbound Excel because it looks pretty exciting with all the tents. I mean, I've only seen like, you know, the promo videos and things like that. Sure. Well, I mean, the XL, the one cool thing about the XL is it takes off, like I said, on Friday and that takes off from our expo. So there's a ton of people to watch you leave. It's just, it's, there's tons of people to watch each of the events leave each distance leave. So it's the XL is definitely the first one and it kicks us off on Friday afternoon there's just a ton of excitement around it. And everybody's like watching to watch all these crazy people take off to go ride 350 miles. You know, it's like, it's, it's really, um, it's very moving. Just, I think in a time, uh, in our world where it's just so divisive, mm-hmm. um, that weekend it, that's kind of set aside, um, yeah. for the most part, you know, we're all there to watch, other human beings tackle something amazing, um, and, and try, try to do something that they're pushing their bodies, um, you know, outside their comfort zones and, you know, putting on their big girl chamois and seeing what they can do. And, 
Um, yeah. It just is a moment with for humanity in my mind where we all like come together, even when we maybe don't do that so every often. other day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty hard to leave unbound and not not have a little bit of restored faith. The COVID year, it was so interesting because Emporia, you know, relies heavily on that weekend for a lot of our retailers to get them through the summer. Um, we haven't, we're doing another economic impact study this year, but the last one was in 2019 and it was um, five and a half, six million dollars of impact for that three days for this little town. Um, wow. And that was, we're twice the size of that now from 2019 between the expo and the, and the start line. So you can imagine like having a year where we didn't have that. Mm -hmm. um, so there was that economic impact of it. But the other thing that as much as the event is so, so taxing and it's a very, it's a very demanding weekend on all of us putting on the event. Mm -hmm. There's also a piece of it that you really, you know, you really fill your cup and you come out of it like, oh, okay, I, I needed that. Yeah. And I didn't have no, that I need a vacation. So yeah, I need a vacation. And also I have some energy to, I have some faith in, in humanity again. Um, and that's, you know, I, I always kind of wonder what I will do to fill my cup when I finally decide to walk out of that finish line for the last time and, and, you know, then step away from, from the event. It'll be a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I hope so. <laughs> so, so like, when did lifetime fitness step in and turn um, it into one of their grand prix um, well the grand prix is new i mean this is only yeah. the second year for the grand prix so oh um, is it okay i didn't yeah, realize that yeah yeah um the uh fudge let me think after the 2018 event we we had been talking there'd been a couple different companies that had come and talked to us really and we knew um we knew we were ready to get some help um yeah. because it really was getting so big and so taxing um and had talked with the city had talked with some individual people had talked with a couple companies lifetime being one of them and then ultimately um decided that lifetime had the infrastructure, um, to help us, uh, pull it off. And, um, we sold to them in the fall of 2018. So 2019 was their first year okay. with us. And then, um, my role with the company has really been in more like business development and a lot of our, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, centered a lot, centered off of kind of what I did with, with women in cycling and then growing that to really making the start line just more expansive. Yeah. But um, Kimo Seymour, my, my boss, had the idea of the Grand Prix a couple of years ago because um, we don't do a prize purse at Unbound. Um, right. And we were kind of looking for, he was kind of looking for a way to develop the pro cycling scene in the United States. Um, just for and, gravel. Well, yeah. I mean, we felt like gravel was where the opportunity was in the United right. States in the off-road scene. 
So, um, cause there's just not a lot of road races, but yet lifetime mm-hmm. had some really amazing off-road races, um, with Leadville, yeah. um, unbound pressure in the tusher, big sugar. I was part of the team that started big sugar, which is in Bentonville, Arkansas. That was myself and Leland Danes and, um, Gabby and Thomas Adams, um, getting that thing off the ground a while back and Amy Ross from Bentonville. Um, but, uh, chemo just kind of thought, well, maybe we could put together this prize purse and try to go grow cycling fandom in the United States. Um, and that's kind of been the, the impetus of, of the Grand Prix. So this will be year two for the Grand Prix. Um, it's been 50, 50. I think that's one of the unique things about gravel is growing up as it has the, equity part has always been fairly important and very Mm -hmm. much front of mind. That's why you see a lot of gravel races having 30 to 35% women, um, at the start lines, which is a, is a pretty high number. And when you're talking about, I mean, it's not high enough, but it's better than 10 or nine or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but the grand prix really came out of the gate with 50, 50. So it was the same number of women, the same number of men, equal prize purse, um, really working to help elevate the women in the space um, so that then you could start seeing sponsorships becoming more 50 50 because that's you know that comes down to the industry needs to be also stepping up and sponsoring their women athletes for the same same amount they're sponsoring them the male athletes and, Mm -hmm. and we haven't quite seen that yet but hopefully with some of this growing their fan base and you know, growing their sphere, these women cyclist sphere, then they can start asking for similar salaries. So, right. So when you're talking about the Grand Prix now, that's, so is it something totally different? Like, so Lifetime decided to start purchasing these already made events and then creating the Grand Prix Mm, with the the purse or like with the point system? Not really. Um, The Grand Prix came after the, I mean, the Big Sugar and the Rad, Mm -hmm. um, both lifetime events are Greenfield lifetime events. We started those as lifetime. Those were not already in existence. I was working for lifetime when I was down working on Big Sugar. Um, okay. So, so you created so, that under the lifetime brand. Yes. Yep. And same, same with the rad, which is in Trinidad, Colorado. Um, Leadville was a purchased event by lifetime and so was unbound. And so was crusher. Um, Schwamigan had been also was also purchased by lifetime a long time ago. So four of the six, no, wait, five of the six initially. And then this year we added the wild card of Trinidad. So that makes their se- their seven events this year, but. <laughs> oh, I don't. Now I can't even find the call. <laughs> this new phone. Okay. Oh my! I can't even find it. <laughs> okay, just hold on. I'm just going to text him. Uh, I'm so sorry about this, but I was just okay. so flustered. I couldn't like get the, 
I'll text you later or text me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's okay. Sorry. That's okay. I don't know if you can pick up where you left off. Um, oh, you we were, were talking about the Grand Prix. So yeah, so yeah. the brand. So you created some events under the Lifetime brand, and that's yes. how it started. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, and the Grand Prix has been a lifetime idea from out of the gate and they just used events that they owned to work inside of that. So that's, you know, where we ended up with, um, sea otter, I guess is the other one. Cause a lifetime purchased hmm. sea otter back in 2021, yeah. 2020, 2021, somewhere. They purchased there. it. So, mm -hmm. okay. so sea otter is a lifetime event now. Um, and then we go to, then we go to unbound, um, then crusher, then Leadville, Schwamigan, Big Sugar, and then Trinidad's thrown in there too. Trinidad's at the end of September now. So, yeah. yeah. And then they added the Grand Prix with the point system. And right. That's and where that's, you have that's the just top for 10. 35. Yeah. It's 35, 35 women, 35 men. And the top oh. 10, the prize purse is 10, is 10 people deep. Okay. So. Oh, so that's not just that for everybody. So that's why we're seeing mm -hmm. women and men being invited to be competitors to attend. Well, it was an application process. Right. So they applied to be part of the Grand Prix. And then we went through a selection process to select the 35 men and 35 women. Oh, wow. Okay. Got it. Wow. That probably pretty... seems confusing on the inside. It's like, oh, it all makes sense. But <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's just like, what's this Grand Prix and then or uh, Lifetime Fitness. And then they, they're like, oh, they bought this race and they bought that mm -hmm. race. And then they're like this Grand Prix and more people are talking about it. And Unbound's part. And I'm like, well, that's why what? I'm like, that's why we need yeah. to talk, Christy. Yeah. 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 There, <laughs> it's a, it's the... a race. It's a race within each race. So yeah. the Grand Prix athletes start with the rest of the, like with the rest of the elites at each event, they are, it's not separate. It's all part of the mix. So your winner for unbound Grand Prix last year was Keegan Swenson, but he did not win the overall for the right. Men, right? right. The okay. women's winner was both the same. So you can have that, or you could have it kind of get mixed in with the rest of it. So it's, it can be. Yeah, yeah, I see. Okay. So they're just in the mix, but they're running their own race basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have to worry about them anyways. Yeah. You don't have to worry about them. <laughs> yeah. They don't do the 350. Well, yeah. one does Taylor Ledeen uses unbound XL as his buy because they get to take one race off. Oh, so he doesn't do the 200. He does the 350. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, but he, I think he, did he not win it? He did not or win it last year. Three something like. I think he might've been third, but I can't, I'm again, sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> like, I look at our results him. page. <laughs> I should know this, <laughs> but I interviewed him last, last, um, uh, oh, maybe I interviewed him like last year about this time or maybe it was last fall. Anyways, it was, it's like, I've had this podcast for three years. So it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, when did I interview them? Was it last year? Was it two years ago? Was that a long time? <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a really nice guy. And, um, I remember that was part of it. And I've also watched his video on his preparation. So I was like, yeah. 
Taylor's doing Taylor is running tubeless. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm gonna do tubeless. <laughs> I'm just like, uh well, now that I know how to manage and uh take care of tubeless flats because I have those bacon strips. Yeah. Um, and I know how to use those. Um, and also tubeless can also be tube ready. So mm -hmm. I'm good with that. Yeah. But I will get myself some tubeless. Okay. And rims. Thank you. Oh, the rims. It's not the tire. People out there. <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's just like, keep adding it up. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, cha-ching. Cha-ching. Yeah. Thank God I've got six months of like, buying something to get ready like big ticket yeah. item every month <laughs> there you go so what else can you share with us about excel i know that you didn't do it but so like i don't know can you give me well i think i mean sure really it's a it's just an it's you gotta have your nutrition and your hydration dialed that's probably yeah. not a secret to anybody. No. Um, you know, I think um, big things that I see people make mistakes. Oh, it's going one. out a little hot. <laughs> like, yeah, plan you on. You know, not it's doing a long, <laughs> it's a long time out there. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of energy and excitement at the start, so you can see why it's so easy for that to happen. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and I think, you know, it's at the same time, kind of enjoy that and, and use that adrenaline to your advantage. But then as it starts wearing off, let it wear off and just realize you're, you're out there for, <laughs> okay, we're like, out of town. Now haul. I can like, now I can take a deep breath and enjoy this a little bit more. Um, you know, I think having those, those key things that keep you motivated, I, for mine, for example, and I know this isn't for the 350, but because I did, I did this for the 200, I do it for my long rides and I would use it for the 350 is um, there's things that I will only allow myself to have at a gas station. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that sounds yeah. hokey, but then you're like, oh my God, I get to have this because I'm going to be at a gas station, you know? So it's like this moment of excitement and kind of motivation to get there. And then I do the same thing with like, I don't know, it sounds weird, but like audio books that I might be listening to, I'll only let myself listen to them at certain moments, just as, as a, as just kind of a motivator, like to help me keep myself entertained and my mind off maybe the pain that I'm in. Um, I think, uh, chamois butter, <laughs> use <Yeah>. that, <laughs> like Have lots of that. Yeah. Use that. Um, and you, I think so much of it's taking care of yourself. And, and then if, if the opportunity arises to ride a lot with somebody that you're riding the same pace, do it, you know, yeah. just don't be proud. Um, be humble. Mm -hmm. all those little I honestly, think things that make you successful in life right like practice all those yeah yeah and especially knowing the the amount of people that are in it if you do meet somebody mm -hmm. that's at your it's riding like your pace heck yeah yeah yep exactly so and then it's I I also just it really the Flint Hills are stunning yeah and it's, it's very unexpected how beautiful mm -hmm. it is out there. And I just, 
I always tell people to make sure you look up. I mean, look up, oh, look around. Look behind. Like, yeah, make sure back. you're seeing it because it's just gorgeous. And when you do that, you'll definitely find yourself smiling. And what better way? I mean, that's why we're all out there doing it, right? To be on your bike and just smiling and enjoying it all. So that's one thing that Damien said. He goes, if you want to have more of an adventure and stop mm -hmm. and take photos, do the longer one. And the more I think about it and you know, because the 200 is probably more of a race effort, even though it's like 350 kilometers. Um, this one allows you to be a little less like, yeah, well, you have to travel at your own pace and, exactly. um, and manage yourself and manage your time, um, better, but you also have the ability to kind of, you know, sit back and enjoy what you're taking in. Cause I mean, I, I didn't come from Canada to just ride a race. Yes. Like, you know, I'm driving. You can ride a race too. anywhere. So, yeah, I know. you know, you should, you should be, you know, the, you're going to get to see a lot of the best that Kansas has to offer, yeah. um, especially on that 350 course. So just, you know, enjoy it. Make Is sure. it marked? No way. No, no. That's what I thought. No, we, we, we will mark some key intersections, but the truth is the farm kids like to go around and flip and the, take them. Flip, yeah. yeah, flip, take the signs or flip them. So people go the wrong way. And it's just like, this is crazy. Like it, it gets to be too much. I've so. had that happen. My race last year, one of yeah. the key intersections. And I was like, make sure you download, make sure you download. And, and I had so many signs there and they were all gone. And so we can't see people come around the backside. Like, where did you go? I'm like, there's no sign yeah, there. I'm like, oh my God, I put it last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like little fuckers. I know. There's the, we all there's always some critique about that, but I'm like, as soon as you go the wrong way, then you're gonna be pissed you went the wrong way. And that has nothing to do with me. So yeah, we we kind of we stopped marking probably after the 2012 or 2013 event, just because it was happening so regularly that it was just like, this oh, is God. silly. Like, it's just a, it's a mess. I know. And well, now with, with Garmin and all these mm -hmm. devices, there's really no excuse. Like everybody yeah. should have it downloaded somewhere yeah. on something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like, so. don't, don't rely on the sign that might not be there No, we've even had street <laughs> signs be turned so that they're labeled wrong which is really oh. that's happened to me like i'm like wait a second it says i'm supposed to go this way and i'm you know my sense oh, of direction went, is like, pretty good screwed them and they like... turned the street signs around so the names were opposite of what they were supposed to be and when you have a really good sense of direction and you're sitting there looking at that sign going that's wrong. I, what? That's not right. And everybody else is like, they don't trust you because they don't know, <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. <laughs> and you're looking at the map going this, what, what? And you're like, ah, oh, somebody turned that. So yeah. So like somebody really went to an, it's fun, right? Like if you're a kid that wants to disrupt, it's oh, pretty yeah. hilarious to watch right. the cyclist uh -huh. get turned around out there. <laughs> now when you go 10 kilometers out of your way on I your know. bicycle. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, this has been amazing talking. I can't think of any other questions um, at the moment. I mean, aside from, you know, what we talked about and um, 
just meeting you and having you on the podcast has been great. I was oh, well, like, thank you. And I look fun. forward to meeting you like in really person in you. real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made it, I made it, making it a whole two week uh, trip for me. Like I'm going to be driving oh, down from Montreal. It's, it's like a 24 hour drive and nice. uh, driving back to Toronto for a cycling event the next weekend. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh Living my God. Life. Back to back. Fuck. Well, if anything, we should have you on the podcast when you're here because Catherine comes down. Oh and my does God. Yes. A Girls Gone Gravel podcast from the expo. So if anything, we'll have you join us for that because that'd be really oh, yeah, fun. Sign me up. I'm okay. uh, scheduled to be there by Wednesday. Okay. I'm going to leave on Monday and take my time so okay. my body doesn't seize up in my car. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 and now since I know it's like, you know, it's starting on Friday, I need at least a day or two to chill and to chill, get some groceries. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And um, I hope you as a listener have enjoyed this episode. Um, all places where you can find Christy is in the show notes. And don't forget to go and follow Girls Gone Gravel as well. Yeah, please. Uh, if you haven't um, already done so. Not to mention um, finding her. I have all her. Well, I have Feisty Media stuff. Is that right? Um, I'll send you my updated stuff for, for both. So you have it all Perfect. for the show notes. Everybody, all awesome. Christie's updated socials will be in the show notes. Um, and if you haven't started following Unbound Gravel, you should. And uh, make sure to follow me on YouTube because I will be documenting my preparation over the next six months. I know it's probably not going to be exciting right now until we get to down to the wire, but preparation starts now. Heck <laughs> like, yeah. This is not something you want to be like, oh, it's next week. <laughs> I need to get those those uh tires. Tires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will be me. No, no, I won't be me. I'll have to go phone my my uh bike shop guy and uh, start looking around for some now. So with that. Thanks a lot, Christy. Thanks, everyone. And have yourself an amazing day. And uh, don't forget to follow the podcast, obviously. Take care, everyone. I don't know how to turn this off. Anyways. Thank you. Oh, this is awesome. Um, Yeah, I would love to put my name in because I'm trying to get myself on more podcasts, cycling related. I'm on other podcasts, like for single moms and things like that. I'm not a single mom anymore, but I was. We will. I will tell Catherine to get you on the queue. So, yeah. Awesome. That'd well, cool. Great. This was fun to catch up. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm really glad uh, this happened, and um, I do look forward to meeting you in the flesh. And no, can I camp around there, or is it better to get? Uh, a hotel room or... there is um go on to the website um the lodging at the um fairgrounds you can do camping there so okay but i would if it's available i'd get signed up for it sooner than later but yeah okay. and if you get stuck let me know we'll figure something out so okay because i'm like should i camp should i camp or should i find lodging uh <laughs> 
Maybe I should well, get a I mean, place Sunday night. <laughs> the like, Sunday night place would be the best place. And you'd probably be able to find that because like it's everything's booked right now. It it's crazy right now because the lottery gets announced um this week. And so it'll go, it'll go crazy. Um, but things will loosen up as it gets closer to the event. So I'm, people always freak out and I always get all kinds of messages and I'm like, stay on Airbnb, get your name in at the hotels. Um, you know, if you, if you can camp, there's options there. Um, you know, so there's, there's options and there's also not that you'd want to do this, but like, there's several towns that are like 40 minutes away. So oh, I don't want to be away. I know, but that like worst case scenario, get one of those and then dump it if you get something local. So, right. So yeah. is, are all those contact information on the website? Like for accommodations? Yes. Yeah. And then you can look at on Facebook, there's Emporia short term housing options, I think is the name of the page or the group. Oh, is this for um, Unbound? It's all mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's just people that will, are willing to like either let somebody stay in a room or. Oh, in their house. Like mm -hmm. So, and some people are super greedy and other people are really generous. So oh. you just have to be patient. It's kind of crazy. And then, um, if you have any friends that are coming or sponsors that, you know, reach out, like a lot of times you like people have an extra room or, um, you know, Peggy might have some ideas, like of people that she's got coming for some reason. Um, is she going to so, do it? I don't know if she's doing it yet or not. So, no, I mean, I'll have of... to get her in. So, but <laughs> it's a little trickier than it used to be. Like, because I don't own the event anymore. Like, oh, I, know I don't get like, the, yeah. yeah, I can get you. I can, I can usually pull a string or two, but I, I also don't love doing that. I'm not right. like you know, I feel like it's not always fair. So, yeah. And, but I'm also Peggy, like, I work my ass off for the event. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can but, imagine. Yeah. Like, um, I attended Barry Roubaix for the first time last year mm -hmm. and that was, they're one of the biggest ones too. Yeah. So you mm -hmm. guys in they're competition, huge. cause I think you're both 4,000 people. Um, I think they actually may have more, um, or it's pretty close. Um, I think it's just recently that we've become, and I like, I don't know, we, we say we're the biggest. And I think a large part of that has to do with the media presence that comes here. Like you, you'll, it's nuts. Yeah. It's it nuts. looks like that, like your setup is definitely different from their setup. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's very yeah. much lower key. Um, you don't mm -hmm. have like all the big, but you have more of, um, I don't know. I'll see what the difference is, but like more of a, he has more of like the festive kind of vibe, but ours I'm, is pretty, ours is pretty festive. Well, I'm sure yours is festive too. I'll, um, I did his last it's year. It's like 12,000 people at our finish line I to know. cheer you in. Like it's crazy. It's really yeah. fun, but it's just a bit, it's, it's to the point anymore where it shocks the shit out of me. I'm like, wow. Like this like, is my hometown. Oh, I can't wait till everybody's gone. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people. So, yeah, from a lot of places yeah. too. And I and I uh my trick is when you see me on event weekend, I run everywhere. I developed that tactic a couple of years ago, probably about 6 or 7 years ago because when I walk, too many people stop me to talk. Oh. 
So you start running and they think I'm in a hurry to get somewhere. So like, they just like wave and they don't try to interrupt me. So I'm like, I'm not really running because I really need to get somewhere that quickly. I'm just running so that people don't keep stopping me. <laughs> yeah. This is so true. It's pretty funny. Okay, well, yeah. I'll get a look. Like, yeah. So <laughs> there she goes. Oh, there she goes again. Oh, there she goes again. <laughs> Oh, well, it's crazy. So, like yeah. I have small events and I can, like, but I am, I, oh, this is one of, one of the things that I wanted to say that, um, you know, I just look up to you oh, as, thank you. as a female event organizer. Cause I would love like to have an event, like a large festival type event like that. Yours is like, like big. Mm -hmm. but you know but still like a large gravel event here in wakefield it's like a small town um i don't know how many people but uh and and to make it like a big event so i'm starting small like i had a woman's only gravel race last oh, year fun. last last minute i had 25 people and so I'm trying to add a little bit more to it and uh, a longer distance. Um, maybe hopefully hoping a couple more sponsors. Um, and oh, fun. To, yeah, to grow it into like a, a larger um, festival event. So, you know, looking for partners is challenging it's hard yep especially right now it's really hard why right it's now really what do you mean um there's just been so many um budget cuts and everything oh, yeah that you're just not i mean we're seeing we're lucky enough that our events are big enough that people are still opting to come and be here but you know anything that's a little bit smaller they're pulling the reins back on that for this year to see where things end up financially. So that we've seen that a lot in the industry for 2023, which is very right. interesting. Huh. Yep. So yeah, because anyway. I was thinking like, you know, reaching out to people that are kind of outside the realm of yeah, cycling, you know, yeah, that have the money, like bigger corporations. But in any case, I might might have been out of like I'm not sure I might have missed the budget season. So maybe, yeah, it was probably like Octoberish. Yeah, it doesn't ever hurt because you never know if something if something came. Well, there's always the end loose. because usually fiscal mm -hmm. is like March, and then there some people might be looking to spend money somewhere. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well. well Thank you again. I'll let you You're go. You're welcome. Um, Thanks. And I will look at those accommodations uh, okay. probably this week and, um, and see about the camping and uh, the Sunday, Monday night accommodations. Sure. For, that should be easy for even for a hotel. <laughs> for a nice leave, good bed so. to sleep yeah. in. Sounds good. <laughs> Before I drive home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. Okay. Take care. Bye. bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. 
And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.